This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. A, a year, a year and a half ago, we're much better. Remember, we were having about 800 to 900,000 infections a day and Oof. about three to 4,000 deaths per day. We're much further down than, than that right now. We're doing, comparatively speaking, much better. But we can do better than we're doing. We've got to get that death rate, which is around 400 or so, sometimes as high as 500, sometimes down to 300 per day. We've really got to do better than that. I mean, if you look at the relative percentage of people who have are updated on their boosters, we have less than 20 percent of the eligible people have received that updated BA four or five boost. So we've got to do better mm. than that, even though we're doing much better than we were. It seems to me that the, 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 the steady stream of disinformation keeps moving out there. Um, a lot of people picked up on uh, a Cochrane uh, summary of, of, of mask studies and ran with that a couple of weeks ago and said, see, this proves, this proves masks don't work. The uh, Cochrane editor-in-chief had to come out and say, no, 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 you're misreading our data. That's not what we're saying at all. And yet that disinformation gets out of the door and, and people just run with it. Uh, what, what uh, looking back, uh, we've learned a lot of things over the past three years. Tell me, what are some of the major takeaways that you've learned uh, over the last three years? Perhaps some things that before we knew exactly how COVID was going to develop. Um, what have you learned uh, three years in about COVID? Well, there's a long, long list, Joe, of what we've learned, and particularly if you look at the evolution of information from the very first weeks when it was felt that this was not a particularly easy virus to transmit from person to person, feeling that it was, you know, maybe jumped from an animal to a human and one human would infect another, but very inefficiently. Then we soon found out that it is extremely efficient in its transmissibility. Then we found out that unlike influenza, which is mostly droplet transmission, this is aerosol transmission which really changed how we looked upon the need to wear a mask when you have aerosol transmission. And then the other thing that we learned as the weeks went by is that this virus is transmitted predominantly 50 to 60 percent of the transmissions are from someone who has no symptoms at all, which completely smashes the paradigm of respiratory transmissibility that we're used to with other respiratory borne diseases. And then the big surprise of all, when we expected that it would go up and then go back down and then sort of disappear and go into the background, we wound up having variant after variant and surge after surge right up to what we're having right now, which are sublineages of the Omicron surge, which started well over a year ago. So this has been really a moving target. And that's the reason why Memphis, we've had a can you, can you can you can you stop this and I want to play it back up. I can't take anymore. I, I can't take anymore.
And here's why. I got a, I got Dr. Malone and, and Natalie. And Natalie, let me start with you because you followed this as we did as civilians, and I'll ask the, the pro, Dr. Malone. And Natalie, you're an expert on information warfare and how the He's talking as if this is the first time he ever knew about this or never ever came to him. I mean, these revelations that come to him, which have been in the uh, late winter, early spring of 2020, he keeps talking about as that these were new events or new things. He knew for a fact what was going on in the Wuhan lab, the emails and all the all the trying to hide it. You know, extremely efficient. Yeah, it's extremely efficient because they're building a bioweapon. Uh, asymptomatic. That was a surprise to him. Uh, learn, the, the, the aerosol. Walk me through. Is this, this is, maybe it's just me, having been here from the beginning as a civilian, but doing the show, for him to sit there and take it out of the historic timeline of when this stuff actually happened, to me, is demonic. But maybe I'm overstating the case, Natalie Winters. Not at all. Um, I think people sort of miss the forest for the trees when it comes to Anthony Fauci's involvement in obscuring the true origins of COVID, because it wasn't even like he was dealing even handedly, maybe slightly favoring the natural origins theory, though he likes to present this facade that, you know, oh, I actually was very open to both ideas and he entertains a discussion about the the origins of the virus, talks about the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Um, nothing could be further from the truth. Again, watching that clip, it's like being gaslit in the sense that as someone who has followed this story sort of from its inception from the beginning, um, nothing that he says comports with reality. It's such a barrage of disinformation. And of course, Morning Joe, you know, they're, they're calling people like us the ones who are spreading disinformation. It's a perfect example of, of projection. Um, but it really, really was a calculated campaign. And it wasn't just Anthony Fauci. I mean, it really was information laundering through various proxies, whether it was Fauci-affiliated people at the Lancet Medical Journal. But really, I think it goes back to your sort of central point and what we've talked about a lot on the show, which is this idea of involvement in, in bioweapon research. Now, allegedly, purportedly, it was supposed to be, you know, bioweapon defense research, but I don't quite understand the logic chain where you would partner with the Chinese Communist Party, the foremost threat to America, um, to come up with a strategy to biodefense research with the most likely entity that would wage biological warfare on the United States. It doesn't. It doesn't quite make sense. And what Morning Joe, remember, they didn't pick the story up until later. It was around this time or slightly before that uh, Morning Joe started covering it, because I guess today or this time frame is the anniversary of when President Trump called for the national emergency around mid mid March. I think it was March 11th. Uh, we have been covering it. I mean, nonstop. We actually renamed the show and, and, and focused for an hour a day at first, then two hours after a couple of days and put really put impeachment on the back burner because that, as we projected, would turn out to be a nothing burger. And we met all these fascinating people. As you know, we had, uh, um, you know, all the great consultants we had to, 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 you know, start the show. Then we met the guys like Dr. Malone. Dr. Malone, I got to go to you. you. You have made this point. I think Natalie's made it too. That, and you use actual 
information warfare intelligence uh, operative language when you call it limited hangout. But I didn't get a chance to see this live, and I didn't get a chance to see it until we just came on air. Um, I mean, it is so it is so obvious he's gaslighting us at a level of of it's so almost unserious for anybody who's there at the time and remembers how this thing came up. And he's he's talking to people like these were all just basic new reveals to him uh, from the time, Doctor Malone. And give us technically also where he just bald faced lying. Well, I, I do think we have to concede that the man is an expert liar. Uh, he is a practiced, skilled disinformation specialist. And he's had decades of, of uh, experience in manipulating media uh, in this way and uh, in also manipulating the entire scientific enterprise. One of the things I want to start off with was Joe Scarborough's uh, talk about bald-faced lie assertions that the editor-in-chief of the Cochrane Review and uh, had had indicated as he had that this paper has been misinterpreted. The primary author of that paper has now gone on record objecting to that and said that the editor-in-chief of the Cochrane Review was placed under political pressure and that is what gave rise to this statement. The statement has no basis in fact or merit. It's a political statement. And uh, it absolutely does not demonstrate which what Mr. Scarborough is asserting. And just just to say it once again, I feel like a broken record. There are three routes of infection for this virus. It's nasal, oral, in other words, your nose, your mouth, and your eyes. And these masks don't cover eyes. There is no way that these masks are effective for the very reason that Tony Fauci talked about. This is airborne transmission and it infects the eyes, okay? So this, this whole back and forth about masking, we have the person who originally convinced the CDC to apply this mask mandate uh, has published a paper in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences in which she flat out says that one of the main reasons to do this is political. It's to get people to demonstrate their commitment to virus control. And it has nothing to do with actual virus control. It has to do with, I'm sorry, there's no other word for it, virtue signaling, that one is committed to this cause. So that's what the masks are about. And I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Scarborough, but you're wrong. Uh, in terms of Tony Fauci, we, we had this, I think Natalie covered it very well. Uh, and keep in mind that Tony and uh, the director of NIH and Jeremy Farrar of the Wellcome Trust all bought burner phones to discuss their strategy on and the uh, political problem that they had with this uh, storyline that this was a laboratory leak, knowing that they had played a role in funding those laboratories to do that very research. This is as close to an admission of guilt as I can imagine. They knew that what they were doing was wrong, and they they conspired to hide it by binding, buying burner phones. This is in Farrar's memoirs about this period. So it's, it's indisputable. Uh, Mr. Fauci has misdirected, lied, um, engaged in these various strategies to obscure truth, and he's continuing to do so. For instance, here, you know, in the earlier segment that you showed this morning, 
Uh, we had MSNBC citing the Department of Energy uh, statements that they have low certainty. You recall that previously, many of these media outlets were deriding the Department of Energy for even having an opinion here, not recognizing how important DOE is in the entire biowarfare, biodefense enterprise. But they completely failed to note that the FBI disagrees and they have moderate confidence that in fact, this is a lab leak. And we had actually Mr. Tedros, Tedros Dubayus, together with the head of the Lancet Commission, Jeffrey Sachs, both saying overtly that this was a lab leak, that this was a laboratory created virus. And they were, they've been speculating that actually the United States government yeah. had a more active involvement in creation of it back here in North Carolina. I mean, you're, you're, Natalie's covered it well. This is just uh, yeah. obscuring and building a cloud of, of uh, disinformation yeah. around known it, facts it, so it, that people are confused it, about it, what help, the truth it, is. It, 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 right. Help me, and we're not going to lay him off the hook. Um, and just help me out here for a good, and we're going to finish this clip we got. I want to finish the clip that we just had, and then we'll go to the next slide. Just finish it, and then roll to the next one. Um, Given they got the burner phones, given they had done the funding, given that they and, and they were they were uh, doing this here because they were restricted for what they do in the United States, given what they knew about the program overall, is it disingenuous for him to say, you know, we learned so much about this as we went on that the efficiency of transmittability, asymptomatic, uh, all, all those things he just goes through the litany like. He's Louis Pasteur, and he's finding this out as the process. He had to have known at least. I mean, that's what he's playing himself up. That he had to have known, given their already involvement uh, in the in the conversation with WHO, he had to know that this was all in the set of things that could happen. Right? He's a, he's a, a, a obviously a very smart guy. The, the thing he makes up that he just found these out as they went on and to protect the American people. That is also a what an intelligence operative would do. That is a cult. That's total misdirection and misinformation. Am I wrong in that? Cause I just don't understand the <laughs> science. Well not. Enough, no, or is in, that in your, you're being coy, you know, it's true. And you know, that the term you applied disingenuous is precisely the correct terminology. Okay. Uh, by the way, he is trained as a Jesuit. I know that I'm, I, I was trained by the Benedictines. <laughs> he's changed, but although I did, and I did end up in graduate school in one of the Jesuit schools, but he's, with the big lie where they're doing it for the good of humanity and they're lying to you with a straight face. Uh, let's play. We're going to finish the last clip and play the next set of clips. And I'll bring Natalie. And uh, by the way, before we move on, Natalie, anything, anything to sum up the, this, this, this part of it, the introduction to the, and the Joe Scarborough show. I mean, I think you summed up, but I think it's worth noting just quickly, you know, you played that clip. I, I feel like that's almost a segment from like a year ago in the sense that Anthony Fauci just sort of comes on the media Right. And says the same thing, but just packages it up slightly differently to get out of whatever the current charge against him is. He really, really, really is a skilled liar. And I think the like, as Dr. Malone said, the CIA trained component aspect, obviously yeah. I'm not saying that he is, but there really is a calculated <laughs> angle to this that I think people no. under. No, no, I think, OK, this is uh, just for the audience. What she's saying is very powerful. Remember, they're, 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 the way they do this is wash, rinse, repeat. She's absolutely correct. And this and what shocked me today is that they made such a big deal about this on Morning Joe and gave it because they're known for cut, 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 real quick interviews. 
to get the day rolling and to have a bunch of different voice on there and all the articles in the Atlantic and Politico and everybody that they, they curry favor with. This was a massive interview. So they're sending a signal right there in that it's important and they need to get, but the narrative, I mean, we could get the team in and go back and cut. This is, you know, his, his, his lies from a year ago, but they understand they've got to get this out there. They got to get this front of mind because they got these committees. They got MTG at this thing. They got Natalie winners. They got Malone. All the podcasts are coming on and the books have come out and, and people aren't buying it anymore. That's why it's 4% pickup in the vaccine. The American people have come to, 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 they're coming to a judgment here where the American people's common sense flips on you and make the decision, you know, Fauci's done. And he knows that. That's why we're in the stage here. This is pure 1000% information warfare. And so when Dr. Malone calls it a limited hangout, I, I laugh all the time because that's exactly what it is. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and play, finish the last one and play the next clip for Natalie Winters and Dr. Malone. Times change some of the things that we said and recommended people saying that's flip-flopping but it isn't it's learning as you go along and making your recommendations according to the new data as it evolves a few things about the vaccines too there's a very resilient virus Mm -hmm. uh it's a very durable virus and 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 it it morphs very quickly so so develop a vaccine and it still helps in a positive way but it doesn't wipe out COVID. Can you explain what we've learned about vaccines over the last two years? Mm -hmm. Well, there's one very, very obvious fact that is borne up by very solid data. Joe, we know that if you compare unvaccinated people with vaccinated people with regard to hospitalizations and death, there is an overwhelming and dramatic difference of a greater likelihood of hospitalization and death among the unvaccinated. And as the months went by, if you compare vaccinated but not up to date with boosters, with people who are totally up to date on boosters, there's still a difference in the sense of vaccinated and updated boosted people do much better with regard to severity of disease. That's an open and shut case. There's no doubt about that, that vaccines work. But there's another thing that is a bit sobering that we learned, that this virus is so highly transmissible that when you're vaccinated, you may not necessarily get protected against infection, but clearly you get protected against severe disease. And that's caused a lot of confusion among people, because when we went from the original wild type or ancestral strain of the virus that was spreading in January and February of 2020, as we evolved into different variants, including Omicron, it became much more transmissible, not necessarily more serious, but more transmissible. So people who were vaccinated were getting infected. But the critical issue that should not be lost is that the vaccination clearly prevented them, for the most part, from getting severity of disease. Those are the kind of things, Joe, that you mentioned, that as the months and the years went by, we learned more and more. And when you learn more and more, you've got to keep up with that information. First, let me get Malone in here. Dr. Malone, uh, I I first want to go to the before the vaccine part, the finish of the first clip, the flip flopping. I mean, you're a doctor. There was not this was not the normal process of getting more information. 
there were massive flip-flops of of and with information now changing just to go with political narrative am i incorrect in that assertion sir uh, uh obviously not once again you're being coy uh steve forgive me uh i know you like to play the humble servant uh but uh um <laughs> Uh, we had well-established policy about lockdowns, uh, travel restrictions, masking, social distancing that existed before this, and they were flipped on their heads. And we, no one can forget the flip-flops on the masking and Tony Fauci. But beyond that, he's just, he's just given us a flat, bald-faced lie, okay? The data are unequivocal. The Cleveland Clinic study and data from all over the world the people that are most highly inoculated, and it's proportional, the more inoculations you receive, people that are most highly inoculated are the ones that are being hospitalized and dying. In nation after nation after nation now, the data are clear. The ones that are hospitalized and dying are a preponderance of vaccinated. His citing the unvaccinated is also disingenuous. There is no one left that basically has not either been vaccinated or infected. And most have been most of those that are vaccinated have been infected. So what what he's really the only relevant thing is what is the comparison between the vaccinated uninfected and those that have had natural immunity developed because of infection? And what's the effect if you've been vaccinated and then developed natural immunity from infection? And there are multiple studies out that document that this has created a huge problem of immune imprinting which Tony completely disregards. They're in major journals and he acts as if those data don't exist. But what he just said about the uh, highly inoculated being protected, about the uh, jabs, the booster jabs protecting from the severe disease, that is, that is a documentable lie. It is not consistent with the data and the contrary is true. Furthermore, the, this, uh, whole issue about the boosters that he's talking about and these mass vaccinations, what he also neglects is something that Peter and Navarro and I discussed so long ago on your program, which is this mass vaccination into an outbreak will drive selection of vaccine-resistant mutants. And that's exactly what's happened. Again, he completely obscures this by throwing a cloud of ambiguity around it but it's the policies that have driven the development of these vaccine-resistant mutants. And they're not only vaccine-resistant, they're also monoclonal antibody-resistant. Natalie, Doctor, I'm going to come back to you about herd immunity in a second, particularly in the early days and the concept and, and how that was thrown aside. Natalie, your, your comments on what you, uh, observations of what you just saw. Well, Fauci has this amazing knack, I think, to both simultaneously say, you know, trust the science, follow the experts. But then really his definition of what science is is basically what he agrees with, right? And remember, he basically said, I am the science in that infamous interview. I forget who it was with. I believe it was maybe with Chuck Todd, um, where he was basically saying, if you dare to question science, you're questioning me. And I think that whether it's when it comes to the vaccines or the origins of COVID, you see that personal bias on display. What I mean by that, there are a bunch of studies and papers that support the theory that COVID-19 escaped from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. To say that there isn't is totally disingenuous. 
but that's still basically kind of the strapline of, of the mainstream media, or at least it was coming from Anthony Fauci until he totally got called out. They do the same thing with the vaccines and the mask mandates. There's a whole plethora of studies that indicate very, very, very contrary to what Anthony Fauci is saying in terms of the efficacy and frankly, the safety of the vaccines, but they just act as if it doesn't even exist. And I think that is the fundamental issue and where you really start to to question what's going on, because it's not that Anthony Fauci, like I said in the beginning, is approaching this from an even handed, you know, trust the scientific process. Let's question. Let's get to the the answer through, you know, actual debate and discourse. It's no, we have a theory of the case. We have a thesis, and now we're going to cherry pick the evidence to get there. And that sort of seems like the reverse process that people who are actually caring about public health uh, would be about. I think that's the calculus that you would have if you were cared if you cared more about really broadening and expanding the purview of your power. And I think that theory of the case, what I just outlined, is exactly what we saw happen. So when you see him say statements like that, you know, don't just focus on the fact that it's the vaccines or you're talking about the origins of COVID. You're talking about the entire response, if not the birth of COVID-19 and what their true motivations were. We've only got about a minute in this segment, Dr. Malone. Uh, so I'm going to start here with you and then hold over and come back to you. Natalie just laid out exactly what the predicate for my uh, herd immunity Correct me if I'm wrong, because we had Hatfield on here as our consultant for the first week before he went to the White House when we started the show back in January 2020. Herd immunity was is kind of the same. It was just kind of thrown aside, and then he never heard it mentioned again by, by fouching these guys. And there had to be some reason for that. Didn't the science at the time uh, lead us to say there, that, that herd immunity would actually take place? And you should do targeted interventions where you had high comorbidities, whether people were obese, whether they were elderly. Isn't that what the science and the public health from the very beginning actually drove? So I tell you what, what we're going to do is go to break. I'm going to have Dr. Malone think about this because at the beginning of this, it never, because we had Hatfield and all these experts on the first week, and they talked about the science and public health and herd immunity and targeted interventions for therapeutics. A vaccine wasn't even on the table. Vaccines were talking about it would take 10 or 20 years. It wasn't even a concept. At that time, we're going to take a short commercial break. We got, and boy, I love this. We're breaking down. It's like breaking down game film in, uh, in uh, when you play, if you play football. Uh, it's just fantastic. I got Natalie Winters, our uh, executive editor, the co-host, and this top investigator. Of course, she's been on this for a couple of years. And of course, Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of the underlying technology for the mRNA uh, vaccine. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in the worm in just a moment. Buy gold and get a free safe to store it in. That's right. On qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group now through March 31st, 
They'll ship a free safe directly to your door. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free safe. Here's the deal. The Fed keeps raising rates because it's the only tool they have to keep inflation under control. And guess what? It's not working. You can't spend your way out of inflation. You've seen the impact on the stock market. You've seen the impact on your savings. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Let me repeat that. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Whether physical gold and silver in your own safe or through an IRA in precious metals where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bannon to 989898 for your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st on qualifying purchases. Again, text Bannon to 989898. Citizens, the headlines are getting worse and worse day after day. It seems like Armageddon could be just around the corner. That's why I highly recommend you stock up on emergency food right away. You already know you're going to need this food someday. Why not get it now before it's too late? Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and stock up on their popular three-month emergency food kit. When you do, you'll also get $200 worth of rugged survival gear as a free bonus. You'll need this gear when things fall apart. The grid goes down. And any other time, you need to fend for yourself by yourself. To see what you get, go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Your $200 of free bonus gear comes with each three-month emergency food kit you order and includes free shipping. That way, your whole family can be prepared. Don't delay. Act now. And sleep better knowing your family won't suffer when disaster strikes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and enjoy free shipping. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and ensure your vital communications stay private. They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Remember, that's you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com right now. That's sat123.com slash Bannon. Sat123.com slash Bannon. And get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action.
War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we're breaking down game film uh, from this morning's Morning Joe and Tony Fauci. We need to do it because this is going to be a, I'm telling you, a titanic battle of how this thing is sorted out. And the past, how we got here, who's responsible, who's accountable, and then going forward. So, Dr. Malone, t- help me out here. The whole first thing, we had guys in here, they were talking about therapeutics, they were talking about uh, herd immunity. Vaccines weren't even con- conceived as a possibility given the the, the, t- the clinical trials and everything else. I'm talking about the first 100 days of this, all the way up to April and May. Um, is, is Natalie right? He just, doesn't, he just doesn't even have a process of science. It's scientism for him. It's Tony Fauci scientism instead of the scientific process, sir? Well, that's always been the case. We discussed this in length in the book, uh, The Lies My Government Told Me. What you were describing just before the break was the position of the Great Barrington Declaration. And you'll recall that those three very senior full professor epidemiologists from three of the top universities in the world had all come to exactly the same conclusion that you were just laying out. This is all the, also the conclusion of Peter Navarro and I, for which we were attacked. And uh, what many of the the community said was exactly what you just said, and this was my own threat assessment, was to focus on repurposing drugs. We now have documentation from the TGA, for instance, in Australia, and many other sources, that the reason why there was suppression of these ideas and drugs like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine is all based on the logic that the nation state should restrict the availability of these products to the general population because to make them available would drive vaccine hesitancy. It was all predicated on the thesis that we would have a safe and effective vaccine. And they began field testing the propaganda strategies that they would deploy about protecting grandmother, et cetera, in a Yale University study, prospective randomized clinical trial with 10 arms designed to determine the best way to get people to accept these products and to um, compel or entice others to accept them. And they did this before they ever had a product. All the way through, this is based on a bias, a cognitive bias on the part of Tony Fauci, that vaccines are the only way to handle this type of infectious disease outbreak. And that has clearly been uh, demonstrated to be false. What we had is basically three years of suffering as an unnecessary loss of life, as a consequence of Tony Fauci's cognitive bias towards the vaccine industry and vaccines. Um, Before I go to the next thing, why does he have a cognitive bias? Because... Correct me if I'm wrong. The thing he's most known for is AIDS. They've never come up with a vaccine for that. Isn't this the the, the cocktail of drugs still therapeutics? I mean, it's not. He in the biggest effort. And maybe I don't know the science well enough. It's not like Tony Fauci's been at the cutting edge of coming up with vaccines that have solved a lot of things, right? Why would he have a cognitive a cognitive um, there, affiliation? That, so you're asking uh, with, you're with asking vaccines. me to get inside his head. Uh, and I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, I will observe that he has repeatedly promised the American people and Congress and received billions of dollars in exchange to develop vaccines, none of which have been forthcoming. 
So it's not only the AIDS vaccine that's been a failure. He's now at the end of his career, and there are virtually no successful vaccines that he's created. Despite the promises, despite the billions of dollars, despite all of his spin and hype, and he has this vaccine research institute. It has been at the forefront of his efforts since the early days in AIDS. And I, I suspect that there's another angle to this. I referred to this in my prior broadcast with Natalie. There is an ancient feud between Bob Gallo and Tony Fauci. And Bob Gallo was the one that was driving the vaccine initiative. And uh, Tony Fauci came in and scooped it up and kicked Bob out. There, this, you know, you'll recall when Heckler went on the tube and said we were going to have a vaccine in two years. It wasn't Tony Fauci standing beside her? It was it was Bob Gallo. Okay, Tony has made all kinds of promises about vaccines all through his career and has been a complete faceplant on that topic. He's complete failure, and this was his last chance to grab the brass ring. And he seemed to have just been obsessed with trying to get a corona vaccine uh, developed and licensed and pushed into the public based on this new technology that he basically had grabbed onto and thrown other prior technologies out the window. And uh, the story goes, for instance, that the reason in part why Rick Bright was kicked out was because he unilaterally issued the contract for the adenovirus vaccine with J&J, &J, and he didn't get Tony's approval. Tony didn't want the adenovirus tech advanced. He wanted the Moderna tech advanced. And as I sent to a clip over to uh, Cameron earlier, we have from Tony's diary that he met with Boncel from Moderna, I think it's January 27th of 2020. Tony was ad advancing the development of this vaccine before there was any official recognition that we even had an issue here. I want to make sure, because uh, I follow this pretty closely, as you know, that's the first time. So Tony, Rick Bright, by the way, was the head of FDA. That was, you're uh, saying that- He's the head of BARDA. Uh, Bar BARDA, BARDA, I'm sorry, BARDA. He, Bright was a key member here. I didn't realize this. Tony was always, uh, Fauci was always in, in a vaccine, always wanted to push the mRNA or the or the or the Moderna alternative, correct? Yeah, all the way through this, he was seems to be obsessed with advancing this tech as the way to finally uh, validate the huge investment that had been made in his team for the Vaccine Research Center. You may or may not recall those various staged video clips where he showed his vaccine team. This is when he was uh, speaking about the role of. African-American woman in developing the vaccine. There was a whole bunch of, of white coat PR about the Vaccine Research Center that was circulated early on. I remember. Um, so the cognitive bias is because he's never successful and never, never has really never successfully brought a vaccine. That's that's my to, theory uh, of the case. Fruition. He's he's yeah. made promises to Congress. It's fascinating. You can go back in C-SPAN and find the old Tony Fauci testimonies for uh, um, West Nile virus and uh, also uh, for the Zika virus. They're almost superimposable. He makes the same argument. He makes the same pitch. He asks for the same amount of money. He makes the same promises. And then he's never held accountable. But this is a cycle that he does every two to three years. Wow. I've talked about this. It's basically the same business model 
that the biotech pump and dump experts use. He hypes up a threat, goes to Congress, promises to ease their pain if they only send him, you know, you know, a billion or 10 billion or whatever the number is. They send him the money, he goes away, it gets filtered out into his network. Nothing ever comes of it. They he never gets held accountable and uh, it's wash, rinse, and repeat. Let's go ahead and, uh, pretty shocking, let's go ahead and play, we have another clip from Morning Joe. Let's play the clips, and then we'll bring in Natalie. Article, and I just, I just want to underline really quickly what Dr. Fauci said, because it is so important, because there's so much disinformation going on out there, especially about the vaccines. The thing is, the vaccines help. Uh, curb the severity uh, for for uh, the overwhelming majority of people that 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 uh, get the vaccines. Of course, some some elderly people obviously will still have challenges. Others will still have challenges. But the data is just so clear. And I know there are people out there that spread disinformation daily. But because it's not black and white, it seems that that they move to this. Uh, more more radically. But the fact is, it makes, for most Americans, the reaction less severe. Yeah, well, that, that leads to the question, Joe, and we'd like the answer from you, Dr. Fauci, who you're the pride of Holy Cross College, uh, and I don't believe you were in medical school with uh, Ted Cruz or Jim Jordan, but how many booster shots do you think we will be getting uh, there's one available now, but how how long in the future will we be getting booster shots? You know, we don't know definitively the answer to that, but it is likely that this thing is not going to disappear. It's not going to be eradicated and it's not going to be eliminated. So it's going to be around, you know, for the foreseeable future. So it is likely that we will require an intermittent, likely at the same time as we get a flu vaccine, at least once a year, very similar to what we do to keep updated on our immunity against influenza, it is very likely that the similar situation we'll be experiencing with COVID, namely getting a booster shot once a year, probably at the same time as we get an influenza shot. Questions that remain as to the origin of COVID. The U.S. Department of Energy about two weeks ago put out an assessment saying that they have, with low confidence, that there's a possibility that this emerged from a lab. Uh, right now, <clears throat> where do you think COVID came from? Yeah. Well, first of all, we don't know. And I think that's where a lot of the accusations and confusion about who says what. We don't know the definitive answer to that. Obviously, there are two possibilities that are being entertained. And I think we need to keep a completely open mind until we have definitive proof. However, having said that, if you look at the information, because something might be possible one or the other, that doesn't mean one is more probable than the other. And if you look historically, as well as information that has recently been published by a considerably large group of highly respected international evolutionary virologists, although it isn't definitive, they published in the peer-reviewed literature, when you look at epidemiological, virological, and geospatial information from Wuhan, they feel and have published this, that it is more likely, not definitive, but more likely that it's a natural occurrence from an animal reservoir to a human. Having said that, since it isn't definitive, all of us 
must keep a completely open mind that it could be one or the other. So rather than fighting about it, we should try and absolutely find out which it is. But in the meantime, do whatever you can to prevent either option from happening again. If it's a lab leak, make the labs much more safe. Get good regulations about what you can do so that in the future, the possibility of this is diminished. If it is a natural evolution from an animal reservoir, take a really good look at the animal-human interface and the fact that animals from the wild are being brought into wet markets, which exposes them to the human population. We can right now, even without knowing definitively what the origin is, we can work on both of those possibilities. Dr. Fauci, of course, in the past you had said you believed that it was... uh from a transmission from an animal, a natural origin. It sounds like you're still leaning that way, but caveating that we can't say for certain. Uh, so please characterize that for, for Absolutely. me. Okay, so, and then lastly, though, on that point, how difficult is it to, to determine its origin with such lack of cooperation from your colleagues in China? It's going to be very difficult to do that. We've got to be able to do it surveillance in China. We've got to look at the animals there. We've got to get serious surveillance. And we've got to take a look at what's going on in the laboratory there. If we don't have cooperation, we're not going to get the answer. He is so, your colleagues in China, he is so monstrous. I don't even know. I'm going to toss it to you, Natalie. He is a true, he is truly monstrous. That's why this is all got, he's got to do this under oath. Um, you know, under the penalty of perjury because he's demonic of how so I'll let you take it. Start wherever you want, ma'am. Yeah, I love the uh, euphemism of cooperation with the Chinese Communist Party. That's what we need to get out of this mess and uncover the origins of COVID. But frankly, he admits it right there that he has colleagues in China. And sure, he's just answering the guy's question. But that shows that there is this intimate relationship, the sense that Anthony Fauci, through the National Institutes of Health, was funding scientific research, not just at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but at a host of Chinese Communist Party-controlled labs. And it really is funny. I've actually never once seen Anthony Fauci pressed on the rationale for sending even one penny of taxpayer funds to a lab that is controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, right? They sort of just say, oh, the Wuhan lab, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, they act like it's just some lab that happens to be in China. Why don't they ever mention that it's part of the People's Liberation Army, that it was placed under their control in the early days of the outbreak, that a lot of the blood samples, that the studies that Anthony Fauci was funding, uh, that they were conducting them and doing the research with, were given to them by the Chinese military. Uh, I think those are conven- convenient facts that they always leave out that that gives Fauci just enough room to sort of play the the card of, oh, well, international collaboration is so great for science. No, um, no, no. and he, he says, that, yeah, we have to be, we have to be so, you know, he's sitting so earnest. We have really have to be in the going forward about, you know, they have to be labs. He knew all this at the time. He knew all this time. He funded this, understand there were no controls. And it was completely not up to any kind of standards. He knew all this. This was all known. This was they have the emails from the the State Department personnel the, from the consulate and from the embassy in in in, uh, in uh, Beijing. This is why Morning Joe is just a joke. They're either too dumb to remember it, or they per- so you got to take a pick. They're either idiots, which it's fifty, or they're consciously not bringing up just basic facts. You'd have to ask the guy when he sits and goes, you know, we really have to make sure. 
that these are quality. Well, you knew this. Why did you even allow this research, this weaponization of biology, the directed evolution of weapons? Hang on a second, Natalie. You stay right there. Dr. Malone, your, your observations of, because uh, I, I can only take so much of Fauci now. He's so monstrous. Your observations on what you just heard there from uh, Tony Fauci. Well, first off, Steve, you made the point we need to get him under oath. We already got him under oath, and he had a convenient lapse of memory over 160 times under sworn testimony before the state attorney generals in the lawsuit against the federal government in Google. So we know what Tony Fauci is going to do. He's going to pretend that he doesn't remember key facts. Now, at at a high level, just take a moment. Let's go up to 40,000 feet. What did he just say? He said, there is no way for you or anyone else to make a firm conclusion about the origin of this virus. It is either A or B. He leans towards A, which is the convenient excuse for him. He leans towards it being highly convenient for him if that's the case. Um, He says there's no way to resolve it unless we get the final data. And then he springs the logic trap. There is no way that we can get those data and we can resolve it because we cannot get cooperation of the CCP. Therefore, there is no way to resolve whether or not he's guilty of the creation of this monster that's killed you know, millions and millions and resulted in uh, this massive economic disruption etc. disruption in the world order. Uh, There's no way to resolve whether he's guilty on this. Uh, He leans towards the convenient explanation, but because of the CCP, we just can't get to the bottom of this, despite the fact that uh, Tedros and uh, the uh, director of the Lancet Commission both concluded that we have gotten to the end of it and we know where it is. And he's, you know, he's conveniently failing to mention the Furin Cleavage site all the paper trail about the funding, what he's done. This is just more deflection. As I say, it's a limited hangout. Um, I want to come back. We don't have time, but about how how improbable the, the natural solution is. The bat cave, a thousand miles. There's no infections all the way up, but it just ends ridiculous. up. Ridiculous. It's totally contrived. It's absurd. And his argument is, well, there's no, a bunch no. of scientists that I paid uh, that have come up with a paper yes. that got rammed through a journal that say what I want them to say, and so therefore that's the truth. Let's play. We got one more clip. I want to get this in because I'll say we did the whole thing, and then I want to have Natalie and you guys uh, sum up, and uh, and that we'll come back and do this again some other time. It's just, it's just the guy's sick. He's monstrous. Let's go and play the last clip. Would you characterize their efforts uh, as as being transparent in any way whatsoever? Joe, there were two things that you just said, and I think you need to separate them. One is trying hard to contain it, and the other one is transparent. They shut down their country, so they did a draconian move to contain it. Transparency is a different problem. Right from the get-go, there was a lack of transparency about just what the nature of this virus was and its capability of spreading. And even to this day, for reasons that are very complicated— you know, we don't have the information that we need, unfortunately. All right. Okay, let me have it. 
by the way, by the way, by the way, a total lie. They, they didn't try to contain it. They tried to send it out all over the world. I'm not saying they let it out of the lab purposely. Look, we've only got a minute, uh, 30 seconds. And Natalie, how do people get to you? We'll do, we'll wrap this up some other time. How do people get to you and all your writings, ma'am? Natalie G. Winters on all platforms. Natalie, I don't know how you've listened to this guy. You've done the best job of following his testimony. He's so monstrous. I can only take so much of it. Just, it's my Irish in me. I just can only take so much of this guy. <laughs> Dr. Malone, how do people, how do we get to your Substack? rwmalonemd.substack.com and R, at rwmalonemd on all platforms. And, and also your book, The Lies I've Ever Told Me. By the way, Dr. Malone, you've been such a, uh, a, a stand-up guy in going through all this for all these years to get down. And by the way, the Tony Fauci is going to be brought to the truth. We have to do this as a country. We have to do it for the good of the world, right? And if you want to take down the CCP, this is one of the ways you start. We'll see you back here at 10 o'clock. I want to thank Natalie and Dr. Malone. We'll see you back here live 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash war room to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.